You got the chill. The chill. The chill. The chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. People like me. That's some booty, Jim. Presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Everyone is so mean to me. I am Jim Rutledge. You never go full Rutledge. <laughs> There is not a lot of things more satisfying than watching a bush. Adult film stars, Matt Hamilton. Ayahuasca. What's up, man? It's Chris Old, man. Former Wisconsin Badger, man. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, Piers, Jim Rutledge. Rutledge and Hamilton continues live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Chris Orr in for Hamilton, who's recovering from a uh, cold. He'll be joining the show actually next segment, though. Hamilton will. Uh, we're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. Want to tell everyone about Chalmers Jewelers, custom, en- custom engagement rings in Madison and in Middleton. So whether you need something as big as an engagement ring, a push gift, uh, a Christmas gift is coming around the corner. Earrings. You have old jewelry that maybe is not your style, but has sentimental value. They can melt mm-hmm. that down and make something custom for you. Mm. Go to Chalmers Jewelers. Uh, they are the best custom folks in the Madison area. Been doing it since 1992. Scott, Garrett, John, the whole team over there will get you exactly what you're looking for. Every person I talk to, I send to Chalmers Jewelers, and they text me, and they say it was better than you even said it was going to be. All right. I want to talk about... Dobbs a little bit. Jo- not Romeo Dobbs. We haven't even talked about the Packers at all today. But you know what? When you Let's beat, go. Beat a crappy team. And yeah. yeah, it was a garbage touchdown late. So you just you, you grind it out a meh victory versus crappy team. Like, enjoy the win. If wins feel good mm-hmm. for fans too. Yeah, but like, win. we'll get to that tomorrow, but not a lot to take from it. I want to talk about Josh Dobbs. Yeah. And I was following along on the ESPN app with the um, Minnesota game. It wasn't like high on my list. So I didn't. Initially, I'm like, oh, the rookie's really leading this team. And then I see the, <laughs> the highlights start popping up. I'm like, wait, Josh Dobbs, yeah. who arrived in Minnesota, I believe, on Wednesday, didn't know his teammates' uh, names, didn't know they, they didn't know his cadence. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I wanted you to kind of add some context here because mm-hmm. we only have a little bit of time before we're going to take a break mm-hmm. get to Matt. Add context. And I know it's the Vikings. Yeah. But, look, this, this story about Josh Dobbs, who I believe is – uh, incredibly smart, as like, I think yeah, I saw. Yeah, like, like a NASA internship. Yes, he's apparently an aeronautical engineer. Yeah, yeah well. so one of the smartest guys, clearly, mm-hmm. that you yeah, can, uh, sure. can come around. It. And yeah. to see him have success was remarkable. Mm-hmm. But talk about, you know, we talked earlier about Dare, who joined the show. It's brought to you, you know, that, if you missed that, it's Wisconsin on the Man, Apple, Spotify, and those great places. That's brought to you by our good friends at Revive Restoration. But uh, with Dare popping in there and kicking a field goal, that took a lot, and there's mm-hmm. a mental part of it too, but it's still kicking. Yeah. Quarterbacking. Yeah. Arriving on Wednesday, never had played in this offense uh. before, didn't know the coaching staff, didn't know the coaches, didn't know the players, and they basically were teaching him plays based, like, hey, this is similar to what you ran in Arizona mm-hmm. play called this, mm-hmm. and teaching him that, and then for him to process it, read the defense, mm-hmm. and do it, because I think playing quarterback might be the hardest thing to do in mm-hmm. professional sports. And he did it. So I'll yeah. let you kind of add more context to what a quarterback arrived on mm-hmm. Wednesday has to learn to play on Sunday. Okay. First of all, let me start by this. When when you first get to a team, you know, and you're on OTAs and training camp, you go through installs, and in each install, 
I'll say there's about there could be anywhere from 15 to 30 plays, 15 to 30 plays in in one install. And usually you get through about eight to 12 installs by the time you're especially at this point in the season, you're already through all those installs. So there's over there's there's literally like hundreds of plays, hundreds of checks, hundreds of uh, option routes and stuff. And I'm sure they limited that, you know, obviously. But I'll just take you through what his week was like. So Wednesday, he. He gets to Minnesota. He probably doesn't even practice. He gets to Minnesota. He goes through his physical and all that. Then he gets his playbook. He gets his playbook, and you're trying to learn it as fast as possible. Granted, he's probably only studying the plays that are up for this week instead of the the entirety of the playbook. But even with that, there's probably 40 calls that he needs to, that he needs to learn. And for those of you out there, like just to add some context to this, you know, in the NFL, not everything is just going to be like uh, uh, I pro right. Power, sixteen power. Like that's <laughs> that's not it. It is it's uh, not, again. It's not Madden play calls. Yeah, again, it is not Madden play calls. <laughs> Halfback smash. <laughs> yeah, there's none of that. So like, some of that is for stuff that you know Kevin O'Connell has his own language. He might call us his I pro might be I write winky, double R X, spider. <laughs> and that that's literally I pro power. So like. He has to focus on that. You talk about the cadence, everybody's cadence is different. This old line, this entire offense has already been operating with the cadence a certain way. Like, you don't know if Kirk Cousin uh, elongates some of his words in certain spots or what or whatever it is. You got to learn all these cold, cold names for snap the ball immediately as soon as we get up to the line or no snap. Even those are just minute details. But to sit there and play a game, he was playing a game like Madden. <laughs> actually so he got out he got there they told him to play if he could remember it cool and kevin o'connell was telling him the route concepts as it was going so one to try to remember <laughs> what your head coach just told you these five guys were doing not in practice not in practice in the game that counts it counts it doesn't matter that you lost your starter or you just got here this yep. game counts not only to do that but to also understand that, okay, well, in because of this concept, and if they're running cover three, then this guy should be open. If they're running quarters, then this guy should be open. Or if this guy gets pressed, then he's going to turn that into a vertical. <laughs> like, that, there is so much to try to unpack and understand. It's so much more impressive than even like Christian McCaffrey last year, how he got traded and played like a couple days yeah. later. Difference is you're a running back. I can just tell you, hey, it's uh, power to the right. It's sweep left. Or uh, we're, we're going to do a turn protection, you got the end off the right, or you got the Mike Backer through the B-gap to the right, whatever. It's easy for me to, as a quarterback, to sit here and tell you what you got real quick. Yeah, quarterbacks got to know everyone's real job. Real quick. Yeah. He's got to know everybody's job. Yeah. He's got to understand the drops. Like, just just to give peel back the curtain a little bit, some of our issues last year at Wisconsin was because it's like, okay, like, our quarterback, like, you're you're too fast in your drop. You're too slow in your drop. Those are things that he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know yet. The Thursday practice is a helmets, helmets only practice. Little quick tune up. He probably barely got any reps. He probably got like three or four reps, if if I'm being honest. And then Friday, Friday is really fast, really quick walkthrough. Um, Saturday because the other part of this is Saturday. they're going with a rookie QB yeah. who had never been a starter. So that rookie had to take. All their attention he had all the to help go, he can get. All yep. their attention was on him, rightfully yep. so. Yep. The thought is, okay, we got a rookie in here. Let's get him as many reps as possible. So Dodds probably didn't get anything. 
that is yeah that's that's very impressive that's very impressive. We definitely flex this brain muscle for sure. That yeah. is tough. Yeah, I mean, it's like learning a different language. He he actually mentioned that too. That, yeah, it's yeah. like learning a different language. That's how it is with a playbook. Everybody's language is different. Like, yeah, at its core, we might call it like at its core is power, but like we don't call it that here. <laughs> like, yeah. we have a completely different name for it. We call it saber tooth or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, so one is like learning a different language, and then actually using it in practice. <laughs> but then here here this is how I, this is the best way i can break it down even with kevin o'connell so it's like kevin o'connell telling him something in spanish and him saying it to, to a spanish speaker and then them saying something back and him keep going without <laughs> kevin o'connell so that is that is what it's like to get there on a wednesday and play <laughs> on sunday as the quarterback yeah, he actually, I think, compared it, it's like, if I know Spanish and now all of a sudden we're, we're speaking French. Yeah. And, like, he's like, there's similarities. Right. But, like, not. Not really. Yeah. yeah. He, he I don't really he didn't know. know his teammates' names. He's oh, like, yeah. I knew a few nicknames. No way. There's no way. Yeah. Unless he knew some people from college or previous teams yeah. or maybe doing some events or something. No way he knows them. Yeah, and he was. He's like, no that's way. that's this upcoming week. Yeah, yeah, no names. way. And yeah. he's still not going to know. He's still not going <laughs> to He's going to know a few guys. It is. Uh, it was remarkable. We're going to mm-hmm. be joined by Matt Hamilton coming up next on Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Everlight Solar Studio. If you missed Dari Gumbawale, he was on earlier, uh, and that's brought to you by Revive Restoration. Listen back, Apple, Spotify, uh, any of those great places, Wisconsin on the man. And uh, we are now joined by our good friend Matt Hamilton of Rutledge and Hamilton. Matt, how you feeling? You know, I'm feeling all right. Um, a little bit of cabin fever, but it's going okay. Any FOMO for missing out of talking to Dari? I mean, what a story about kick. I mean, the guy hadn't kicked uh, in professional sports, didn't kick in college, played some soccer in high school. Uh, truly one of the most unique things in the NFL out yesterday. Yeah, I think, first of all, that is so awesome that they just rolled with him. Him yeah. having the confidence to do it. The thing is, he's going in with zero expectations. So there's zero. nowhere to go for him but <laughs> up. So there's... That was a great option. If he goes and misses a 23-yarder, it's like we've seen guys miss. We've seen professional kickers who their job <laughs> is kicking field goals miss those short ones. So he had zero expectations on him. I think he made the most of his awesome opportunity. Mm-hmm. So far, that has been the highlight of the NFL career for Dare uh, as far as, like, I'm concerned. I've never seen him blow up social media like this. So, like, hey, however you're going to do it, do it. So I think it's really awesome, and uh, I think it's – cool that he's getting his like time in the spotlight and uh the other thing we talk about the giant uh elephant in the room so we'll ask you who do you blame <laughs> the most for 
Craig Council going to manage the Chicago Cubs? Mark Antanasio, the owner of the Brewers, for being cheap? Uh, or do you blame Craig Council for being a traitor or the Cubs for uh, snatching your manager chain, a la Debo and Friday? <laughs> All right, so there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but the answer, the quick, the, the, the quick short answer is it's Mark Antanasio. We have, and this is classic. It's just like our players. Whenever we get a good player that we have brought up through our system, they go away. Like, the only time we've kept good players is when we bring them in. I guess there was Ryan Braun, but, like, fair. Every once in a while, you got to keep one of your own guys. But the Brewers just seem to want to feel the team as good as they can for a budget, for the right price. And that's just kind of what you get. I don't blame Craig Council one bit for following the money. This is his job. This is his career. He doesn't owe anything to the Brewers, like as much as you'd like to say, oh, he was a Brewer. He came here to do one thing, and that's win us a championship and get a pennant and blah, blah, blah. It's not why he came here. He came here because there's a great opportunity with an organization he was familiar with. And then when things weren't working, when the ownership wasn't getting him the players he needed to get what he wanted to get done, and that's win a championship as a manager, and then the Cubs throw the money at them and I'm sure promise them some sort of like deals with how this roster goes down. I would be shocked if the Cubs don't seem like they're going all in on a World Series run in the next couple of years with Craig Council as their new guy. And the Brewers never really did that. It, this doesn't surprise me one little bit. I don't blame Craig for following the money. I don't blame the Cubs for trying to take what works and a guy who consistently makes the playoffs year in and year out with a team that they're, you know, they give him a rump roast and say make filet mignon and the guy is getting them to the playoffs year in and year out. <laughs> he is obviously orchestrating some magic out there. I don't blame the Cubs one little bit for wanting to get a piece of that action. So this is on Mark Antanasio and the Brewers organization as a whole in my eyes until somebody gives me some other facts that make me think Craig Council was bought. Like, I don't know, maybe he was given a lifetime supply of Italian beef and Chicago-style <laughs> hot dogs, and that's why he left. Like, that's some traitorism, I would say. But until that kind of evidence comes out, this is a Brewers' fault. Well, I, and I'll add to that, Matt, I don't know if you were listening earlier, Mark Athanasio bought the Milwaukee Brewers for $233 million. Chris. They are worth $1.6 billion. And I know neither one of us are financial advisors, but that is a but lot of equity. There's a lot of <laughs> equity built up in the actual team of the Milwaukee uh-huh. Brewers. And, oh, by the way, Athanasio is spending money on other, like, on soccer teams. Mm. So he could, you know, maybe put some of that change back into the Brewers. Well, I mean, it's, it hasn't happened before, and it hasn't happened recently under Antanasio's tenure, so I'm not going to hold my breath for that. How do you feel about him saying that uh, – Yeah, I think council, Matt knows this, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, How do you feel about him saying that uh, people are saying that the Brewers lost out, but Council is the one that lost out because he lost out on this uh, community and this special place? I mean, I don't think that's the case at all. Like, yes, Brewers fans are diehards, and they're going to welcome whoever is the manager in with open arms. And the fact that he was a former player had people thinking that this was a move that was made more out of like money and a career. This is a guy who wanted to be a part of this former team and do something he wasn't able to do when he was a player on the team. We got to open our eyes. The Cinderella story is great, but that's just not the case anymore. It's about money. It's about dollars. It's about trying to win championships. The money probably wasn't there for Craig Hounsel for him to stick around, and the 
you better believe that roster wasn't built to win a championship, and he knows it. He's not an idiot. So, yeah. like, I hear, I hear that, and I hear fans, and I think they have every right to be upset. <laughs> but at the same time, this is a guy who's making his living off being a baseball manager, and he is, he's already won as a player, and he's done some really amazing things as a player, and now he's had a pretty solid start to his career as a manager. This is just the next logical step. If a team isn't going to invest in you and the team to get things done, you need to do what's best for you and the family and your legacy. And for Craig Council, that's going to be moving on to a team that he thinks he can win with. Right now, it's the Cubs. I don't blame him one little bit. And it is, uh, I think, a little bit off-putting from Athanasio because he also said when he was told by Council, he said, are you, are you kidding me? Um, I, I think it's off-putting to be like, you left a special place because that's yeah. something, again, small market teams do. Mm-hmm. You know what's special? Uh-huh. Winning a world. Look, we're not Cubs fans are not mostly listening, but you all can understand. It's like I can understand Green Bay is a special place to win a title. Mm-hmm. Going to the Cubs, it, it doesn't hold water to say yeah. like you're leaving a special place. You're going mm-hmm. to one of the most historic franchises mm-hmm. in all of sports. Yeah. So Antonacio yeah, comes yeah, across sure. as sour grapes because yeah, yeah. you can sit here and, and look, I can tell you, yeah. Green Bay is special. Mm-hmm. You can say that, and you're not like if you someone from Chicago to Green Bay, it's not a downgrade. Yeah. Not in the NFL. No, no, no maybe no, no. in life, but not not in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> uh, Matt, I don't know what he's talking about either, Jim, because that special place, like yes, Milwaukee is special, and the fans make it special. The fans are special because they literally sit there and cheer year in and year out for a team that's average at best, that's borderline playoff caliber team at best. And it's special that he's been able to fool Brewers fans for as long as he has and made all this money off the team while never having to feel the product that's going to win a championship. That's the special part. I don't know what he means by special other than the fact that it's special how much money he's made for how little investment he seems to turn around and put back in the team. Also uh, came out seven minutes ago, the finalist for the NL Manager of the Year, Craig Council, (laughs) Skip Schumacher, and uh, Brett... Uh, Snicker from Atlanta. So, man, if, I if, wonder if uh, I wonder if anyone's cheering for Craig Council to win that now. Because um, it was the manager of your team for the year. Like that's right? pretty good representation. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Matt, the Packers played a game. Uh, I know you weren't feeling well, so you might have very easily fallen asleep because that was a bore fest of two, in my opinion, pretty crappy football teams. Yeah, uh, <laughs> are you kidding me, Jim? First half touchdown. I was jacked. <laughs> I haven't seen that for a long time. Yeah, the first half touchdown. I was I was shook because literally, the, the, <laughs> literally the game. I this I that's why I knew the Rams were going to lose that game. I like Rippins is going to give the ball away. Yeah. The, the the Packers going to have so many chances. Yeah. At some point they'll score. But I wanted to ask both oh, you guys. Man, when I saw on social the, the the story of like Christian Watson. Obviously, I saw it happen in the game. But Christian Watson out with what was it? Arm chest. Leg yeah. injury and, and concussion. Possibly, yeah, and I thought he got hit by a car. Yeah. I mean, how does all of that happen with one injury? Don't forget about the back injury. Yo, back, yeah, yeah back too. Yeah, yeah. If, if that happens to you, it should be like, it should be like a one of those Kareem Jackson hits. Like <laughs> people should be talking about whoever hit him, like or Aaron Donald, whoever. Yeah, this he needs to be banned. This is bad. <laughs> like we should be hearing that for that list of injuries. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, he came down from space. He got way, way up there, and then came down from like six feet in the air on his side. 
I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been injured, like getting injured at all wasn't right, but like yeah, Matt, you and I can't talk like about it. Feet. He yeah. got way up yeah. there. Yeah, he jumped like, over my head. It's I like, defer to Chris on it because like yeah. you and I would be dead. This is the thing. But, this is the thing. That's oh, what yeah. I was it it definitely hurt. It yeah. definitely hurt. Um, he probably felt a lot of pain initially, and I'm just gonna be honest with you, man. Like, not every football player is. Like, uh, I'll be all right. Like, let me just bite down on my mouthpiece a little harder. Like, you want your football players to be like that. You know, you want football players to eat with their hands <laughs> and not uh, sports. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he probably felt a lot of pain. So he probably went to the trainers or whatever. And, you know, on the field, you can't really, you can't really diagnose what's wrong with you. He probably was out for – mainly he was out for the concussion symptoms probably. More so than everything yeah. else. I won't say LaFleur came out today and said that – didn't he say something like uh, Christian's arms or arm and leg and back actually aren't really that hurt? I want to say I saw that. I think after the game yesterday, they said that he was in the locker room and he looked like he was in good spirits. He kind of told everyone that he was doing all right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they referenced specific parts so, of his body, yeah. Matt, of the seven parts of his body that got injured. <laughs> Matt, I don't know if you have the same question, but we, we can ask Chris this one. It does seem like, and I'm not saying this to Watson for sure, injury prone or whatever, it does seem like some bodies are just not built to be able to play a regular, like a full season mm-hmm. year in and year out. They can give you maybe 10, 12 games, but mm-hmm. just some bodies, it's just you're just going to get, whether it's mentality yeah. or the actual mm-hmm. body. For sure. I'll tell you this much. Let me tell you this. It's not the body. It's the body when it's like, oh, man, this dude can't catch a break. Like, he keeps tearing his ACL. Like, he done tore his labrum. Like, stuff like that where yeah. it's like, okay, you got this injury, you're done. Like, you're out for the year. Yeah. You need to get surgery, you're done. That, I would say, is the body. If it's just consistently like he's got a hammy here, uh, he's got an AC joint, he's got a ankle sprain, he's got back spasms, like stuff like that <laughs> is the stuff where it's like, bro, bite down on your mouthpiece a little harder, bro. They're hundred percenters. Everybody like, has fe- that. Feel like you gotta feel hundred percent, yes, or you don't want to play. Yes, yes. So I've, I've heard thing, coaches talk about that before with some players. So, so this is what Coach Chris used like to tell fair us. Fairweather golfers. Yeah, <laughs> this is what Coach Chris used to tell us every year at the after the first day. Of pat of a padded practice, he would say, "For all of you freshmen, this is the best you're ever going to feel here." <laughs> and it's true, and it's true. Like everybody, everybody in the NFL right now is beat up. Everybody's playing through some type of ankle, AC, uh, bruise, sternum, whatever it is. Everybody is just they're just playing through it. So you, not everybody shows up on the injury report. You really only show up on the injury report if it's like a there's a possibility of you not playing in the game. But if it's something like, excuse me, like, oh, yeah, I hurt this. Excuse me. <laughs> Let me just get some treatment. Mm-hmm. You're not going to show up. Those are the things that's like, bro, you're supposed to be a football player. So, yes, sometimes <laughs> it's the mind. And the mind isn't think, conditioned the right way. And then sometimes it is part the of it. You think part of it is the fact that us as Packer fans and – having no wide receiver really for two years and then having that flash in the pan of Christian Watson last year. Yeah. He is like de facto our number one guy. So he's kind of acting like a number one guy. You know what I mean? Like you you had back in the day, you had like your Deshaun Jackson who would be go off for a fantastic game. And then he'd hit ankle injury for a week or two. Yeah. And then he'd play like a couple games in a row. Like just, 
certain things when you're a star player, there's certain leeways that you have. And Christian mm-hmm. Watson might not be a star on any other team in the NFL, but he is our premier wide receiver. Right. Maybe he's ta- – I'm not saying he is. I'm just right. speculating. Maybe he's taking a little bit of liberties with that uh, number one role, that number right. one tag. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to say because, you know, like we don't – obviously we don't know him. But, like – Right. Yeah, that is that is a thing. Like sometimes I'll, I'll just use him as an example since we're talking about him. He's in a position where you're the number one guy because one, we drafted you in the first round, and two, well, we dra- we drafted you early. Two, you are early. you are de facto number one number one receiver. Yes, so it's like we're in a the Packers are in a position where it's like we really can't do without you. There's nothing we can do mm-hmm. to be like, oh, like, screw this guy. We're going to move on or something or forget him. We're just going right. to leave him inactive. And sometimes, like, <laughs> sometimes what happen is if you go to the training room and it's like, oh, we don't like this guy, we'll just put him on IR. Mm-hmm. And they'll put you on IR for four weeks or season in or whatever just so they don't have to deal with you. But he does right. have the Packers in a, you know, something that my dad used to tell all of us when we got to the uh, NFL level is put yourself in a position where your team can't do without you. So he's in that position. He's definitely in that position. And you can play that game. You definitely can play that game because that's how a lot of guys get paid. Like, that's the truth behind getting paid, where guys get overpaid. And you're like, I kind of paid too much for this guy. It's more so like, well, I'm the guy that's already here. I'm the best here. And all the guys that you're saying are better than me are already locked into these long-term contracts where they are. So you have no choice but to pay me because somebody else will because they just they need me that bad. So, like, right. that's, that's definitely there's definitely truth to that. Matt, uh, I'll leave you with this. Uh, the New York Jets just tweeted, letting it rip. And Aaron Rodgers out there at the Meadowlands throwing the ball around. Have a good time. That <laughs> <laughs> guy, man, he has been just doing nothing but – Doing ayahuasca and listening to dolphin fornication because <laughs> that guy is recovering miraculously. I would say this: that this could not, this could end up playing out the worst case scenario for the Packers, where the Jets Man. like eke into the playoffs, he and then Rodgers comes back because then he doesn't hit the qualifier. So then you basically trade Aaron Rodgers right. away for a second round pick, and then the Jets like win the Super Bowl, so it's like a late second round pick. Oh, and then you got a. You got Mitch Trubisky 2.0 and, oh. and Jordan Love as your quarterback. Uh, Matt, we're gonna- this is what happens, Jim. I am My conspiracy theory that I called from the beginning is fact. Yes. Uh, it's a conspiracy theory right now, but if, they, if the Jets come back and win this thing and, and Rodgers plays, you know, 64% of snaps or something and just under the line, I, I, I'm going to lose my mind. Take that for data. <laughs> Uh, Matt, we'll talk to you some more tomorrow, right? Either uh, we're tr- figuring out uh, how much you'll be in the show, but uh, we'll talk to you more tomorrow. Yeah, I think I think the full a full hour sounds good. I'm just not sure when. All right, sounds good. Hopefully, somewhere between four and six. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> yeah, sometime in there. I think I can squeeze you guys in. I'll pencil you in for now. All right, awesome. Uh, thank you. you. Got a real busy day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to Matt Hamilton tomorrow. This is Religion Hamilton, uh, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. You know what's going to be wild, guys? This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Chris Orr, Jim Rutledge with you, live from the Everlight Solar Studio. 
One, it is now pitch black outside. It throws me off that the time has changed. Pitch and, black. And I oh, can't man. tell if the the curtains are drawn because it was really uh, bright in here as the sun came down, but or if it's just dark out. Probably some sort of mixture of both. Primetime water shine behind the glass. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. But I'd like to point this out, or ask you this question. Is it going to be wild when Craig Council gets a standing ovation at AmFam Field? Not Ooh. happening. Uh, you don't think it's going to happen? At Wrigley, uh, no- at Wrigley North? Oh, God. You, at Wrigley you're North. You're the worst. It's going to be so good. because <laughs> you Wrigley North. Cubs fans, you know Phil AmFam Field. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that game, that early season Cubs-Brewers matchup, Brewers fans dominated. No. That one. Why? I don't know. Mid- Why? Because Just I think Brewers, stick it to Brewers fans yeah. are going to know that they it's Craig Council coming back. They, they want, they want to get a little yeah. revenge. They always sell their tickets. I don't. This time always. it might be. I think it'll be different this time. They might actually look. They didn't have the money around before, so why would they have it now? They don't care about the money, Jim. Fans, <laughs> st- fans still care about their own money. True. <laughs> I'm gonna find it hilarious when he gets a standing ovation from Cubs fans in Ampham Field. <laughs> I, I would mean, be shocked if he got it. Yeah, I could see. Like honestly, I might try to go to that game and get it started. Oh, you're mm. the worst. Yeah, I might just have to go do that. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. Let's that throw. Would some, be hilarious. Let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. I mean, Zambrano <laughs> threw no hitter. He threw the first no hitter as the home team because oh, did the, he? Uh, as a Cub oh at uh, that point Miller Park mm. because the Cubs got relocated for some reason, so they played the game mm. and he threw no hitter there. Mm. Well, uh, Jim Rutledge is going to have a lot to do to make up in uh, today's <laughs> throwing stones if he wants to win. But as we all know, six and stones may break our bones, though. People aren't very confused when it comes to the line for the Packers-Steelers game next week. Uh, so obviously the Packers, we haven't talked about it much today, but they did get that 20-3 win over the Staffordless Rams at Lambeau Field on Sunday. Though they've opened now as three-and-a-half-point underdogs for their game this coming Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game going to be in Pittsburgh. Mm. Guys, what are your first reactions to this opening line? Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, makes sense. I, I think the – I mean – I would definitely give the Pittsburgh the edge. I mean, you think three and a half is too much, too little? It might be a little too little, but Pittsburgh also struggles to score. Yeah, but that's that's why though I think the line makes sense there, just because Pittsburgh struggles to score. I think Pittsburgh's defense is what obviously is gonna. I think they're gonna. Dis- I think it's gonna be a bad day for <laughs> Packers' offense against the uh, Pittsburgh defense. And I think that the Pittsburgh offense is good enough to move the ball and get some type of points. But I don't think they'll be lighting up the scoreboard. I think if points come on the scoreboard, it'll be because Pittsburgh's defense yeah. suffocates the Packers. Yes. Suff- yes. So, like, actually, they get points. This or Pittsburgh just defense. basically do what the Packers did to the Rams. Yeah, if- exactly. The- yeah. I mean, the Packers' offense felt 
pretty blah. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. how much the mm-hmm. defense gave. I mean, I felt like the Packers were always on offense. Yeah, defense it was just gave a, them a lot of opportunities. Like they were playing. They were, you're like watching that game. They were playing on offense only. Like the Man. defense would just. <laughs> Rams are just going to run three plays and give it right back to Man. you. Like, Brett just Ripping. do it again. Brett yeah. If he could be like his uncle. His uncle is my dad quarterback, actually. So we were talking about that because uh, I, I figured. I thought there was a relation, but I didn't know exactly. I knew yeah. it wasn't father son. I didn't know the relationship. But Mark Rippin was a baller. Yeah. Do you know Mark? Oh, yeah. Mark, he played for the uh, Wash, Washington yep. Skins back in the day, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Super Bowl. He was winner, a baller. Right? Yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah. My dad won Super Bowl with him. Yeah, yeah, no, that game was much more like playing your brother in Madden, your little brother in Madden, <laughs> where like you just take the ball away, you just intercept the ball, you just use your lord. Yeah, exactly. It's just not fair. Uh, poor Brett Ripon. But uh, either way, um, so talking about big brothers and little brothers, uh, this past Saturday was also the final edition, or at least for the time being, of the Bedlam rivalry series mm-hmm. in college football. That's Oklahoma State playing Oklahoma. Yep. Now, it's big because Oklahoma next year leaving the Big 12 mm-hmm. for the SEC along with Texas. So this was the possibly the final time these two teams will ever play mm-hmm. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma State did win the game in Stillwater. That's Oklahoma State Stadium. And mm-hmm. after winning the game, they played a pretty popular tune. Uh, <laughs> we are never, ever, ever getting back <laughs> together, Taylor Swift. Um, so I ask you guys. After winning the final, possibly the final edition of Bedlam, did Oklahoma State win this breakup? Yeah. Jim, I want to start with you. Oh. Sorry, um, <laughs> Well, I almost, because Chris is from the area, oh, uh, I almost want to yeah. let him answer it more. But, yeah, especially haven't they kind of the last couple of games been beating Oklahoma as well? And so. Mm-hmm. It's been like a little yeah, more like back Opa, and forth. Oklahoma yeah. had been owning it for a long time. And mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's yes. getting some late come-ups. It'd be like this Wisconsin-Minnesota series ending now. Yeah. yeah. Like, Wisconsin's mm-hmm. owned it forever. But the last one. For this sort of thing, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like who broke up with who. Yeah, you get the you get to say it. Yeah, Chris, for sure, they definitely win. Um, you're only as good as that. Uh, the right in rivalry games, it only lasts a year. It only lasts a year. It doesn't matter if you had it, if you've been winning for the past twenty years. Yeah, we won last. That's what matters in a rivalry game. And two. Shame on the SEC for not having the protected rivalries that the Big Ten has. Like, the Big Ten has the protected rivalries to protect uh, some of these teams playing their in-town, in-state rivals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're they're making sure that you keep that going, which is good for football, which is still good for a Big Ten team. Mm -hmm. The SEC should probably take a little notes. I think you keep a... A big in-state rival. I think you keep that. You would think so. Yeah, you I mean, it's so. like it's pretty historic, right? I exactly. think. But yes, I think Jim historic. was right. It's like ninety-eight to eighteen all yeah, the time Oklahoma or something. Has, Oklahoma has dominated it uh, traditionally, but at the same time, like if you look at the history of the programs, like Oklahoma State close, was so yeah. far behind. Yeah, Oklahoma yeah. State was no different than us at Wisconsin. It'd be like us getting dominated before Barry got by here. Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, right? it's like before Barry got here, we. We're getting railed. And now, like, you can't, you know what I mean? Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, it's true. All right, well, my final question for you guys. So, we did talk about Mark Atanasio being a soccer owner. He owns the uh, Premier League or English team, uh, Norwich City. So, mm-hmm. I feel like sure. maybe there's a chance that uh, he could curry some favor with the uh, Brewers fans, do you think? Local Milwaukee fans. Do you think maybe he should try to sign? Daria Gumbawale to a contract to play soccer? Uh, what do you guys think? Chris, I'll start with you. That would be dope. It would be dope just because uh, I think it would be different. 
Like usually yeah. you hear, obviously we've had the football players play baseball. That's usually like the transition or the double sports or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe like track or something. But yeah, soccer to go do soccer that would be the other football. Yeah, Both yeah football. Would, yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. a real football player. That would be that. That would be that would be dope. Jim. Yeah, I mean, I would love it to be fun mm-hmm. for uh, the hometown team. Why not? Right. I, I mean. Could rub salt in the wounds as far as the the, pack, the uh, not spending money on the team part of it, but I don't think Dar I don't think Dar is too expensive to have him play soccer. Yeah, well, I, would, I think you give him at least some of that. Like you said, that hometown discount. He's a yeah. he's a Milwaukee area kid. Why is everyone got to give a discount to a guy whose team is worth one over one point five billion dollars? Mm. No discount. Yeah, that's true. There spend that be money. Discount. Should spend that money, and uh, you know, Jim has made some good points today, but. Honestly, us Brewers fans need to win. So, Chris, salty. you get it. Yeah, I'm salty. All right. We're losing the winningest manager in franchise history to our most heated rivals. But you can only be mad at yourself. It's the same. It's it's just like the Aaron Rodgers situation. You're going to be mad at yourself. No, that would be like if he wants the Bears at this point. But here's the I thing. Mean, but still, tough. you can still only be mad at yourself. You did nothing. You didn't do anything to show him. We're trying to win with you right now. It is a little bit worse, I think, than Rodgers going to the Bears. Obviously, football is more important. But really, football is more important. But counts. I mean, the Cubs were above 500 team last year, who was just out, just outside the playoffs. They okay. are. Okay. They have a Gold Glove second baseman, shortstop, and center fielder. That was just mm. announced. They're going to spend gobs of cash more. You don't. You don't pay Craig Council this money and then close the yeah. books. So they are poised. If he's the manager that everyone thinks he is, that he thinks he is, he's poised to take that Cubs team right back into World Series contention, which would true. sting so much more. That that would. Be I mean, Craig Council winning Fair a point. World Series with the Cubs is not out of the question. He's a young manager. He's a young football, a young baseball team. He's got a ton of money to spend. Mm. We need to move on. I, yeah. I, need, to, I need to be done with hey, this. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? No. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Everlight Solar Studio, Matt Hamilton was in earlier today. Missing back? Listen, if you miss it, if you missed it, you can listen <laughs> back. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Wisconsin, the Man, any of those great places. Brought to you by our good friends at Revive Restoration. Giannis, that's good boy. Exactly. Prime time, Willard. Shot. I'm getting to the show. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Our Iron Jack poll question for today was simple. Who do you blame the most for Craig mm. Council leaving the Brewers to manage the Cubs? Right now, 66.5% of you say Mark Antanasio. Council came in second. I'll say this. Antanasio hurts more than I think most fan bases because Brewers fans are well aware players come and go. It was the manager that stayed. Mm-hmm. He was the most recognizable Brewer year in and year out. We'll talk more about it. Chris, thanks for being on the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Roger Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Yeah.